Welcome to the Oncology on Air podcast. I am Dr. Prashant. In this episode, we will talk about T-cell lymphomas. In the first part of this two-part episode, we will talk about indolent T-cell lymphomas. Peripheral T-cell lymphomas constitute 10-15% to 15% of all non-Hodgkin's lymphomas and are a diverse group of mature T-cell neoplasms originating from post-thymic T-cells at different differentiation stages. This category also encompasses natural killer cell lymphomas due to the close association between these cell types. While the significance of the T-cell phenotype and its impact on the prognosis are now well established, these findings are relatively recent. The International T-Cell Lymphoma Project through a comprehensive retrospective study involving 1,153 cases from 22 global centers, elucidated the geographical, clinicopathologic and prognostic variations within this heterogeneous group of diseases. T-cell and natural killer cell neoplasms exhibit a spectrum with the majority displaying an aggressive behavior, although a minority demonstrate a favorable prognosis or follow an indolent course. We will now talk about mycosis fungoids and Cesare syndrome. In contrast to predominantly B-cell-derived nodal non-Hodgkin's lymphomas, approximately 75% of primary cutaneous lymphomas exhibit a T-cell phenotype with mycosis fungoids or Cesare syndrome comprising two-thirds of cases. Mycosis fungoids, the most prevalent primary cutaneous lymphoma, is an epidermotropic primary cutaneous T-cell lymphoma often following an indolent course. Despite its indolent nature, mycosis fungoids is deemed incurable with conventional therapies. Early stage mycosis fungoids manifests as plaques or patches with a characteristic bathing suit distribution evolving over time to diffuse erythroderma or cutaneous nodules, often accompanied by adenopathy. Extracutaneous disease may arise in advanced stages, possibly indicating histologic transformation. Histologically, typical plaques and intradermal collections reveal epidermotropism and portrays microabscesses. T-cells are CD4 positive and CD8 negative, frequently exhibiting aberrant loss of T-cell antigens like CD2, 3, CD5 and 7. Progression to advanced stages involves nodal disease, organ infiltration and circulating clonal T-cells. This state is called Cesare syndrome. The International Society for Cutaneous Lymphomas and Cutaneous Lymphoma Task Force of the European Organization of Research and Treatment of Cancer propose a unique clinical staging system for mycosis fungoids and Cesare syndrome. Prognosis in mycosis fungoids hinges on the extent of cutaneous and extracutaneous disease with a 10-year disease-specific survival ranging from 97 to 98% for limited patch plaque disease stage 1 to 20% for lymph node involvement. Cesare syndrome, characterized by erythroderma, generalized lymphadenopathy and Cesare cells in skin, lymph nodes and peripheral blood follows an aggressive course with a 5-year overall survival of 20-30%. to 
as mycosis fungoids is incurable and early therapy doesn't impact survival a non aggressive approach is recommended expectant management or topical treatments like steroids nitrogen mustard electron beam radiotherapy or cutaneous photochemotherapy may be employed for stage 1a disease widespread disease may require phototherapy with puva or uvb and low dose radiotherapy can address symptoms and cosmesis for progressive or systematically disseminated disease methotrexate or corticosteroids may be considered though responses are typically brief combination chemotherapy regimens demonstrate limited effectiveness and transient responses prompting a preference for single agent treatments especially in slowly progressive disease due to a heightened risk of myelosuppression infection and modest response durations observed in combination chemotherapy single agent therapies are favored gemcitabine shows an overall response rate of 48 to 70% pentostatin shows an overall response rate of 28 to 70% and liposomal doxorubicin shows an overall response rate of 56 to 90% alternatively interferon alpha bexarotene vorinostat romidepsin and brentuximab vedotin are effective in advanced stage mycosis fungoids and cesare syndrome in cd30 positive cases brentuximab vedotin is preferred based on the alcanza trial showing significant improvement in the primary endpoint of objective response lasting at least 4 months 56% versus 12.5% leading to fda approval for brentuximab vedotin in this indication bexarotene an oral retinoid is fda approved for cutaneous t cell lymphoma and demonstrates an overall response rate of 45% in a multicenter trial with common toxicities like hypertriglyceridemia and central hypothyroidism histone d acetylase inhibitors like vorinostat and romidepsin both approved for cutaneous t cell lymphoma show overall response rates of 30 and 35% respectively alemtuzumab a cd52 targeting monoclonal antibody has been used with success in mycosis fungoids and cesare syndrome but it carries a high risk of opportunistic infection a low dose alemtuzumab dosed at 10 mg thrice weekly proves effective with reduced toxicity limited studies report single agent activity for lenalidomide and low dose pralatrexate 28% and 45% overall response rates respectively allogeneic transplantation is explored in selected mycosis fungoids and cesare syndrome patients with a multi institutional with a multi institutional retrospective study reporting a 3 year progression free survival and overall survival rates of 34 and 53% respectively large cell transformation in mycosis fungoids defined by large cells in more than 25% of the infiltrate or as cells forming microscopic nodules occurs in 8 to 40% of cases and is typically associated with a poor prognosis factors like cd30 negative status folliculotropic mycosis fungoids generalized skin lesions and extracutaneous transformation are linked to poorer 
disease-free survival. The optimal management is unclear, but young patients may benefit from systemic chemotherapy considering autologous or allogeneic transplantation for high-risk disease. Consolidative radiation may be an option in local transformations. We will continue our discussion of indolent T-cell lymphomas with three other entities, primary cutaneous anaplastic large cell lymphoma, T-cell large granular lymphocytic leukemia and indolent T-cell lymphoproliferative disorder of the gastrointestinal tract. Primary cutaneous anaplastic large cell lymphoma is part of the spectrum of primary cutaneous CD30 positive T-cell lymphoproliferative disorders along with lymphomatide papillosis and cases showing overlapping features. Cutaneous anaplastic large cell lymphoma, the second most common cutaneous T-cell lymphoma, typically affects older males with a median age of 60 years. The disease presents as a solitary nodule with multifocal disease observed in only 20% of patients. Approximately 25% of cases experience partial or complete spontaneous regression. It is crucial to differentiate cutaneous anaplastic large cell lymphoma from systemic anaplastic large cell lymphoma with secondary cutaneous involvement through staging procedures because the latter is an aggressive T-cell lymphoma. Cutaneous anaplastic large cell lymphoma exhibits a favorable outcome with a 10-year disease-specific survival of 95%. Notably, patients with localized cutaneous anaplastic large cell lymphoma and involvement of one draining node also have a good prognosis. For localized cases, radiation is the preferred therapy. Although systemic involvement can occur in a minority of cases, the optimal management for more advanced stage cases is unclear. Minimally symptomatic patients might be treated conservatively with palliative radiotherapy to prominent lesions. However, for patients requiring systemic therapy, brentuximab vedotin is preferred based on its efficacy in CD30-positive cutaneous T-cell lymphoma. We will now talk about T-cell large granular lymphocytic leukemia. T-cell large granular lymphocytic leukemia is characterized by a persistent more than 6 months, increase in the number of large granular lymphocytes in peripheral blood, typically ranging between 2 to 20 into 10 to the power 9 per liter. Malignant TLGL cells express CD3 and CD8, with CD57 and CD16 being commonly positive, while CD56 is negative. It may develop de novo or in the context of conditions like rheumatoid arthritis or other autoimmune disorders. T-cell large granular lymphocytic leukemia usually follows an indolent course, not posing a significant threat. However, rare cases with an aggressive course exist. Chronic lymphoproliferative disorder of natural killer cells shares similar clinical features and an indolent course, but its neoplastic cells exhibit a natural killer cell immunophenotype. Both these conditions often present with moderate splenomegaly, rare lymphadenopathy and common severe neutropenia with or without anemia. Pancytopenia may occur and various autoimmune disorders such as hemolytic anemia and thrombocytopenia are associated. 
ट्रीटमेंट फॉर साइटोपीनियाज में इन्वॉल्व इम्यूनोमोडुलेटरी एजेंट्स लाइक लोडोज मेथोट्रिक्सेट साइक्लोफॉसोमाइड एंड साइक्लोस्पोरिन ए विथ कॉर्टिकोस्टेरॉइड्स यूज्ड एज एन एडजंक्ट रिस्पॉन्सिस मे टेक अप टू फोर मंथ्स एंड लॉन्गर थेरेपी इज ऑफन नेसेसरी इनिशियल थेरेपी टिपिकली इन्वॉल्व्स वीकली लोडोज ओरल मेथोट्रिक्सेट ओरल साइक्लोफॉसोमाइड फिफ्टी टू हंड्रेड मिलीग्राम डेली has been anecdotally reported as more effective in anemia predominant disease purine analogs are used in highly refractory cases splenectomy may be beneficial in selected cases with accompanying splenomegaly refractory cytopenias or autoimmune hemolytic anemia or thrombocytopenia the anti cd52 monoclonal antibody alemtuzumab can be considered in select cases we will now talk about indolent t cell lymphoproliferative disorder of the gastrointestinal tract the indolent t cell lymphoproliferative disorder of the gi tract manifests as a clonal proliferation primarily involving cd8 positive t cells these cells infiltrate the lamina propria at various locations within the small intestine and colon Clinical presentation commonly includes symptoms such as abdominal pain, dyspepsia, diarrhea and weight loss. Biopsies reveal a lymphoid infiltrate in the lamina propria with minimal histologic evidence of epithelial invasion. Consequently, patients usually experience an indolent and relapsing clinical course. While the response to chemotherapy is generally unsatisfactory, individuals with this disorder often exhibit prolonged survival. despite persistent disease with that we have come to the end of part 1 of this episode on t cell lymphomas thanks for listening